Hello everyone and welcome to another Game Reactor Quick Look. By the time we are recording this, this device in front of me is still secret. Well, secret in the sense that it's, con it's the consumer electronics industry and everything has leaked. So you probably know about the Motorola Edge 30 Pro, but still, it has not been announced. But by the time you're probably watching this, well, this video would have gone live and Motorola will have officially announced the, this, the Edge 30 Pro. Now, at current press time, we don't know whether or not there will be a regular Edge 30 because by the time that Motorola unveiled the Edge 20 series last year, it was both with an Edge 20 and an Edge 20 Pro. And because of several reasons, we actually really preferred the regular Edge 20 because of the price point that it hit. Now, again, this is the Edge 30 Pro, and we have no idea whether or not this stands alone at the press event. If so, well, all of these things pretty much holds water, but if it doesn't, well, you'll have to excuse what we're saying in this video. The point of the matter is that Motorola has been like going on a rampage throughout the past couple of years, really hitting some interesting price points, focusing on the right kind of specifications and the right kind of compromises, creating almost perfect stock Android phones with some cool additions like Moto Display, which we have talked about in several different videos. Sure, you can get the really cheap G-series phones, which directly compete with the Edge 20 now that that has fallen in price. It's all a bit convoluted, but the main point of, uh, of it is this is a proper flagship and we are expecting Motorola to launch it below the very competitive $800 to $900 price bracket by a pretty significant margin. Meaning that again, in a few days from when we're recording this, we might have a new Android price to performance king. So let's go over what it is. And let's start with something that is disappointing, the way it looks. Because if you go back and watch the Edge 20 video and other videos of the Edge 20, uh, the regular Edge 20, you'll know that I loved its squared boxy stancing. It was kind of iPhone 13 series-like in a really cool way. It was light, it was thin, but this has none of that. This is rounded edges, one plusy in its look, and while it does have an interesting blue, almost purplish hue with the Motorola logo there and the camera bump, it looks like any other Xiaomi, Asus, OnePlus kind of phone. It just looks Chinese in a weird way. Um, so I'm ha sad to see that go, but it is still a thin, light, I think 195 gram device with um, uh, metal rails and Gorilla Glass Victus in front and frosted metal, uh, frosted glass here on the back. So it looks and feels very premium, uh, pretty much wards off any fingerprints and is cool to use. Um, so apart from that, the specifications itself is all 2022. So again, in terms of the specifications, you're really not missing out on watch. What, what we're talking about here is Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, 128 to 256 gigs of UFS 3.1 storage, and either eight or 12 gigs of RAM, meaning that we are approaching S22 Ultra levels of performance here. So as I said, Gorilla Glass Victors, we also get an IP68 wa uh, dusted water resistance, stereo speakers, a 4,800 milliamp hour battery, 68 watt fast charging through the cable and wireless charging finally. The screen is also good news. We're talking a 144 hertz OLED with a 240 hertz touch sampling rate with HDR10 and uh, like while it does not have an LTPO display per se, 
it should really be able to vary its refresh rates, and there is also stylus support with, a, with something that we think is currently sold separately. We didn't get it in our review kit, and obviously it is also ready for the Ready4 platform for Motorola, meaning that you can get a desktop-like OS by plugging it into a laptop or a, a, uh, a monitor, for instance. So really, really cool. Big, like big 6.7 inch screen, 144 hertz refresh rate, a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, uh, 128 gigs and, uh, of storage and 8 gigs of RAM if you're getting the cheapest version. Really, really stock Android with little to no basic fluff here. With Moto Display, um, which I can very briefly like, for instance, this uh, always on display um, is basically... Um, one of the cool things about Moto Display. I don't have any pending messages, so I can't show you, but this is one of the animations you can get, and it is basically notification interaction, which is cool about Moto Display. So if we light it up here, basically, you can hold and press on a given notification and dismiss it if you want to out of, uh, out of hand, or you can actually quick reply to messages. It's the same thing that made the Motorola Razr foldable uh, clamshell phone such a cool thing. So again, Moto Display adds a lot, but really, as you can see from the screen to the battery to the speakers to the IP certification to the front and back materials it even has a 60 megapixel selfie camera here in front in a hole punch meaning that you should basically get the best of all worlds in this the one clear thing that I can tell you from a downgraded perspective is the camera system Last year, with the Edge 20 Pro, Motorola made a big scream about its 108 megapixels in a budget-friendly like budget device. It also had this side-mounted periscope-like lens for added zoom shots, and all of this is basically gone. There is no 108 megapixel um, uh, main wide lens here. Instead, we get a 50 megapixel um, main wide. We get a 50 megapixel 114 degree ultra wide, which in my world is not a real ultra wide. It has to go way beyond 120 degrees to get that um, spectacle that ultra wides really do benefit from. And the final one down here is actually not a telescope zoom camera. It is a two megapixel depth sensor, meaning that despite the fact that this is called the Edge 30 Pro, this does not have a telephoto lens. This does not have optical zoom of any kind. I have taken some images with the main 50 megapixel wide and it's fine. It's basically, well, it's actually more than fine. You'll get properly some good results out of this. And particularly the 60 megapixel selfie camera is actually really good for like zoom calls and that kind of stuff. So it is a really utilitarian camera system, but obviously they kind of altered the way that they looked at Pro because before they looked at Pro as a camera pro, as is often the case. Now they're looking at it from a specs pro kind of perspective. And that makes, I think for a lot of power users, a lot more sense. So, Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, 12 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of UFS 3.1 storage, wireless charging, um, 68 watt wired charging. You get everything here, everything. I would say. There are some sacrifices, obviously. I don't think there's a micro SD card slot and there is no dual SIM support. It has to be one SIM and, you know, for instance, an eSIM or something like that. So there are compromises. Mainly, obviously, 
sacrificing the, uh, the the camera system and the optical zoom and the telephoto lens. But again, I have to stress the fact that we are expecting this to come in below stuff like, you know, an iPhone 13 Pro, which starts at $1,000. We're expecting it to come in below the, uh, the regular S22, which is around $800. We're expecting this to be cheap, ladies and gentlemen. Cheap from pretty much all perspectives. We're talking about this as being a true flagship killer. We're talking about it being cheaper than the regular OnePlus 9. That all remains to be seen. I cannot verify this at press time. But very soon, I hope that this holds water because if it's true, this has to become the single like pro-grade phone on the Android side of the pond to get. Thank you so much for watching. See you on the next one.